0: We mustn't dwell. No, not today. We can't. Not on Rex Manning Day. Empire Records is up next on Rediscovered Movies. Hello, my name is Namphanella Malloy. I am your host of Rediscovered Movies, where overlooked movies, whether mainstream, independent, or somewhere in between are discussed to be rediscovered for your viewing pleasure the film that i will be discussing today is a fun one which is empire records empire records is a 1995 comedy slash drama coming of age directed by alan Moyle. it stars liv tyler johnny whitworth renee zellweger robin tunney Debbie Mazer and Anthony LaPaglia. Here is the synopsis. Joe, played by Anthony LaPaglia, runs Empire Records, an independent Delaware store that employs a tight-knit group of music-savvy youths. Hearing that the shop may be sold to a big chain, slacker employee Lucas bets a chunk of the store's money, hoping to get a big return. When his plan fails, Empire Records falls into serious trouble, and the various clerks, Including Corey and Deb, must deal with the problem among many other issues. This movie was released in theaters on September 22nd, 1995. It didn't had an impressive box office run. As it debuted number 17, so out of the top 10, with $150,800 domestic, which made a total of 273,188 during its two-week theatrical run. Now, in terms of reception, critics were not impressed with this movie, as on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 31% critic score. Here's what they have to say with a consensus. Despite a terrific soundtrack and a strong early performance from Renee Zellweger, Empire Records is mostly a silly and predictable teen dramedy. Audience, however, they love the movie. It has 83% audience score. So clearly audiences love this while critics did not, as it later became a cult classic. This movie is available to stream on Amazon Prime and Video On Demand. So before I get on to the next category, with the edition they have on Amazon Prime is they call a fan edition called Empire Records Remix Special Fan Edition. All right, let's start off with first discoveries. Now in this category, I essentially talk about how I first became aware of this movie, my initial reactions, and has it changed since then so prior to recording this episode i thought i've this was the first time that i've seen this movie like i've probably seen like the poster at some points probably like at like a hmv i think probably also too like on tv and various like videos where this movie will be mentioned in their like top 10 or so forth. So while watching the movie, I kind of realized like, oh, like, I've seen this before. It, I didn't realize it until the third act when everyone was, you know, in the store trying to save it for Music Town. I thought, oh. This looks familiar. And so probably for the first time, I said, probably like many years ago on TV or something. I guess at that time, probably I was young. It didn't leave like a lasting impression. I mean, clearly they look like they were having, I guess, a good time, but I could care less about it. So, watching this movie for the podcast, it, I had fun with this movie. Because it was nice to see, like, like teen a teen comedy where I could feel that the cast is authentic. Like, they're not, like, trying too hard to portray teenagers. Because it's pretty evident that they all have chemistry particularly like at, when it comes to the end when they're all like having like the concert and then everyone is like on the roof so i could i definitely felt that vibe while watching this movie and it was nice that it was set during a day so kind of like a slice of life but during pivotal times like for the characters as they're dealing with their various issues yeah like i would definitely like watch this movie again because it was a nice like you know throwback of that time of the 90s like even though it may look a bit outdated in parts like it was just a nice reminder of that time period let's start with the highlights I, i as i mentioned chemistry with the cast. I'm not sure like, if they all hung out prior to production or if it was just created, I guess, during filming, but whatever process they did, it clearly worked because clearly I felt as an audience member that they were very close. Because there are some movies where characters are supposed to have a standing relationship where they're like, they're best friends or family members and so forth, but you could tell that something is a bit off. But here, yeah, like, I could, you could instantly feel that bond. So kudos to the cast. Since this is set in a record store, it felt like a fun atmosphere like like you wanted to work there like it kind of brought me back to those days when HMV was around like yes there's a lot of like teenagers I guess working at the store but obviously like they knew their stuff and then you have like the little, like, mini booths where you could listen to to the records and stuff, so it kind of brought me back to those times. It was, like, very nostalgic. Yeah, like, it just, it kind of makes you feel that you want to be part of that environment. In terms of, like, production design, that, I felt, yeah, that was, like, realistic in terms of the look, like, how those stores typically go. And the critics mentioned that, you know, this movie is cliches, is predictable. I mean, yes, it does have like the cliches of a teen film, but I felt like it didn't go like over the top with it. Because we have Corey, played by Liv Tyler, she has a crush on Rex. This I guess popular like pop star who is isn't really not appealing like with the the tan the over stylized hair the pirate blouses but she of course tries to like go after Rex which doesn't pan out but she develops feelings for AJ uh for like during like the roof scene that was like a sweet moment where like they finally like reveal their feelings like they share a kiss but also too of her vice that she is addicted to amphetamines gina she like is promiscuous like we see her wearing like many skirts and so forth but She clearly has um, issues, like, of insecurities because she wants to sing in the band but doesn't feel like she is confident to do so. AJ, like, he's what people would say to be, like, the leading man, like, for teen films because he has, you know, that appeal of being a heartthrob. But you see him throughout the movie, he is shy to reveal his feelings for Corey. Lucas, he's very like casual, like nonchalant, like wearing all black clothing, kind of has like a monotone voice, <laughs> which is like hilarious aparts. And essentially with him, like he messed up losing the 9000 by gambling it at the casino in order to save The store. Deb. She is like. Like the moody. Like teenager. Like looks. To be like a loner of some sort. Like she. Shaves her head. Because obviously she's going through stuff. And we see her have like the wrapped bandages. So clearly. She is. Suicidal. But is able to overcome that at the end as she realizes like the finer things in life. Mark is just being Mark in this movie. Like he wants you know to be in the band playing guitar and he is weird but but in a love in a lovable, adoring way. As at one point we see him, you know fonding over a poster. I mean, Mark is just doing, is Mark doing his thing. Rex is a douche. Obviously, like, from physical standpoint, like, he obviously is trying, and I don't get how teens love them, maybe back in the day, but clearly, like, you know, he doesn't appeal to the youngsters in this movie because during the signing at the store, most of his fans are older, which turns him off. And Mitchell, the store owner, I guess, he is like the asshole boss like who wants this deal with Music Town to go through and we have Joe. He is like the cool boss where he is willing to defend his employees, particularly like with Lucas when he messed up, but you know he's not afraid to give his employees tough love. Highlight Another highlight, 90s culture. Loved yeah like with the choice of music so clearly since This is supposed to be like an independent record store. It was nice to hear, I guess, indie, like alternative music. Because when I was looking through the soundtrack, I did not recognize any of the artists except for the Cranberries. But but I guess this worked for this case. Also too, like with the clothes, it really represented like the characters, like perse personalities, and also to yeah, with the the editing, like there was like the whole the slow mo shot of the store like around the beginning, and some of the the editing, like the fast paced editing, and also to love Deb Deb's buttons that she passes out to employees that has, like, different captions, like, stupid and so forth. And Deb's uh, fake funeral scene, I thought that was, like, entertaining because even though they're supposed to, like, share their thoughts on Deb, it was kind of used more, like, as a confessional for the rest of the group, (laughs) which, you know, causes her to look at them, like, side eyes but i think also too like it provides therapy for Deb as she resolves her issues and joe's relationship with lucas was fun to watch because i feel like here in a way we see like a like a like a nice boss like employee like relationship that's more than that because we see joe like he, he sees more to lucas than what meets the eye, and it was nice that he covers for Lucas because Lucas is just a teenager. Like he messed up. Like obviously, like he hates that, but also too like he's willing to defend his employees. All right, now with the lowlights, I had there were two major aspects of the film that I had issues with it. Let's start with Music Town. Now, if you've seen the trailer, it suggests that the film is gonna focus on the employees trying to save the store from being acquired by Music Town, which is in a way you could describe as a snobby like version of H and B that's more like uptight, that cares like about the rules, your parents and so forth. But In the movie, it doesn't really come to play until the last act, which was disappointing. Because you could have had the various subplots, but incorporate that with the employees trying to save the store during the course of one day. And like all of a sudden, like when that issue was brought up. They were able to get money quickly, like, because we see them, like, look through their pockets. Like, they were able to get, like, a third of the money on hand. But then Mark, our adult or Mark, he goes on the news that's outside of the store. And he pretty much tells everyone to, sh- to show up, save. He's like, damn the empire. Sorry. Sorry. Damn the man, save the empire. And, and and then all of a sudden, everyone in the community just shows up, you know, having a good time at the concert while donating money, which eventually, like, um, becomes enough to pay off Mitchell from not acquiring Music Town. For not acquiring Empire Records, forgive me. So... Also, too, with Music Town, with that plot. There's a, there's a point, this is after Lucas loses the money. When Mitchell comes to de- collect the uh, deposit, obviously the money's not there. And we're just wondering, like, is Joe gonna, like, reveal the truth to Mitchell? Or is he gonna cover him? Well, Joe decides to stuff the deposit with papers and he hands it to Mitchell, who does not double check because that is not realistic because I've, during my retail experience, that is definitely not how it'll go down because usually you would, there will be like at least two employees, a supervisor, or two of them, or a supervisor employee. It doesn't matter. Essentially, like, you'll have the the guards in the back room. They'll be, like, supervising. They'll double-check that the money is there, sign off. It's the correct amount, and then on their way. Well, here, like Mitchell, he just grabs the envelope. He heads off. And we don't see him back until the concert sequence at the end of the movie. Because why doesn't he come back sooner? Because I figured he would have checked it at some point, but it seems to suggest that he just hands the envelope to the bank, leaves. And another major aspect that didn't work was Warren, AKA the shoplifter. So clearly we see him trying to like steal CDs as like Lucas, you know, checks him out. And then he tries to escape, but ends up getting caught. And then you see him like getting arrested but he comes back, which I'm wondering, why is he not in jail? Like did the police let him go? or did he escape? That could have been more clarity, because clearly we see he is a troubled kid. but he doesn't get any like consequences or reprimands like for his actions. Because when he comes back later, he brings a gun, which is filled with blanks. Like, he shoots up the place, and then all of a sudden, he gets offered a job at the record store. I felt that was, like, problematic. Like, I'm sure, you know, it's fine for him to have aspirations to work at a record store. But at the same time, like, he's a bit too much or troubled to be qualified to work, not just at a regular store, but or any place of business. I thought, yeah, those were problematic. And also too, with Jane, who is Rex's manager. So obviously, like, you know, Rex is, is a douche and clearly she doesn't like him she doesn't like working for him because he's you know too demanding as a celebrity so she just randomly so she quits after you know too much pressure and that so so forth and she randomly like shows up after she quits to ask joe out on a date i mean like what's up with that (laughs) But, I mean, hey, like, good for Jane, you know, just doing her thing. Alright, this movie has plenty of trivia. I'm not going to reveal all, but I'll just mention some notable ones. So, the movie was written by a former employee of Tower Records, store number 166 at the Christown Mall in Phoenix, Arizona. Now at the time, some of her former co-workers, they cited anecdotes and other elements of the film that related to the store for a long time since its release. But unfortunately, that store closed in early 2005. The 2003 DVD re-release, titled Empire Records Special Fan Edition, it featured newly released scenes, new deleted scenes, Special features, including the music video "Say No More, Mono More," but however, it cutted a few popular lines from the original release. But the 2015 Blu-ray release returned to the original theatrical cut and included the special features and extras from the 2003 remix edition. Now, I have not seen the theatrical cut because the version that I saw on Amazon was the s- special fan edition. Because I would have loved to watch, I guess, both versions to give you, I guess, my comparisons on what were the notable changes. But if any of you have seen both cuts of the film and want to offer like their critiques on both versions, you could submit, you could email rediscoveredmovies at gmail.com, or you could hit me up on social media, either on Twitter or Instagram, at rdmoviespod, because I would love to know, you know, why those versions, I guess, are significant from each other. Apparently, like, the film was severely edited in post, which removed three significant characters and up to 40 minutes of footage. So that, of course, led to the story being condensed from occurring uh, to a single day instead of two days, which was interesting. So I felt that it worked for me, like, having it in a single day instead of two days, but I would have been more curious to see like how how the story would have went down had it been set in two days. Now, since this movie is considered to be a cult classic, there is an internet meme among the fans that celebrates Rex Manning Day, which is April 8th, the day that Rex Manning he appears at Empire Records in a film. And there is the hashtag they use on Twitter. They call It's called Rex Manning Day. And there are gifts that celebrate the event. They show Mark bounding down the stairs from the store's loft, declaring, Not on Rex Manning Day. Interesting. This movie was included among IMDb's top 250 as of December 31st, 1996. One more which made me realize this as I was watching. Lucas and AJ, the actors, they were both on CSI Miami. Because, as I mentioned earlier, the cast is, is recognizable. They look different at during this movie because they were younger, but I feel obviously you could recognize them. Because if, let's say Anthony LaPaglia, like, for me, like, uh, I knew him from Without a Trace, uh, with Rory Cochrane and we Whitworth from CSM Miami. Robin Tunney from The Mentalist, Ethan Embry from, oh, Sweet Home Alabama, That Thing You Do, which I hear is another cult classic. So really, this movie, like, is is filled with stars. I mean, I wouldn't say... Alyssa, I mean, with the exception of Renee Zellweger and Liv Tyler, Liv Tyler, but obviously they are everyone is notable actors. Why should this movie be rediscovered? Well, clearly the fans love this movie, as they have like Rex Manning Day, April eighth, eighty three percent. On Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, I would, I do like the movie, so I'd probably lean more towards the audience side, but I still had issues with the movie. But really, it's a fun teen movie to watch, just set in the record store, because loved, you know, hearing like the, like the indie alternative soundtrack and the record store environment it was like a fun atmosphere and it looked realistic from a production design standpoint the cast they have amazing chemistry clearly like you know they they got along well working this movie and yeah like it brought back Nostalgia from HMB days, which I miss today because of streaming. Which kind of brings me up to this point where, since people love this movie, it will be interesting that if they could either turn this to like a limited series, either on HBO Max or Netflix, depending on, I guess, going to rights currently. And or make it into a film, either way. But essentially, focus on our group many years later, because it will be interesting to explore. Like made with uh, with streaming being popular these days, you know, many are prefer to buy online than uh, than physical copies, and. They could explore, like, maybe the store, like, you know, is going out of business and they have to, like, come together to try to save it from the man, I guess, or from corporate because how, like, like in terms of record stores, they were popular back in the 90s, not so much these days in the present because it's considered niche I mean I love re- record stores I mean I buy like mainly movies from Sunrise Records again I've like I used to buy a lot from H&B Missed them because I do buy my music through streaming but from unless if it's something that I couldn't find like online then I would prefer to buy the physical copy in stores and also too like with records I mean those are popular these days so that could be brought into the mix of this potential limited series or movie for streaming and stuff so whoever owns the rights I'm assuming wonder brothers let's make this happen. That is a wrap on this episode of the podcast. You can submit questions, comments, and suggestions by email, which is rediscoveredmovies at gmail.com. Those will be read along with a recap of the season, which will air after the season finale. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at rdmoviespod for updates. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.